We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? A couple days late, but right on time if you count. Welcome back to the corner podcast. Kel Dansby here, Andreas Hale, back from his little tour of California. Hope you enjoyed it with the fam, Dre. It's nice to have you back. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, even though not not too much is happening this weekend um, in combat sports, aside from Parker and uh, Joshua, but yeah, it feels like we still got a lot of crap to talk about. It's a it's a big preview weekend because next weekend we're swamped. 
I don't even want to talk about it. Yo, next weekend, everything happens. So we're going to get a lot of the hypotheticals, a lot of our opinions, all that stuff out this weekend. Because I feel like next weekend, it's going to be prediction, 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 prediction. Shit, WrestleMania has 13 matches. 13 matches. And that's just one of the things we have to do next weekend. So we're going to touch on a little bit of everything. Um, we have some of our Twitter followers that asked us to discuss things on this show that we'll touch on here in a second. One thing I want to start out with is because it is Friday, we're recording the show a little later. We got like the whole week's worth of information. We got the whole news cycle to pick from. And one thing that really just caught my eye today, and I haven't been able to dive really deep into it, but some of the... I guess some of the details circulating around Twitter are kind of disturbing. Fab, Fabulous, allegedly knocked out his girlfriend, Emily B. Two teeth out, gave her like seven punches for what people are saying, just being in L.A. without him knowing. Um, the details, I'm sure, will come out shortly because you can't hide something like this. But he's a prominent figure in hip-hop. I mean, damn, he's been around since, what, 2000? Everyone's followed him. He's been a nice guy. He makes girl songs. It's surprising and shocking to see this come to light, especially with someone they've been very public in a relationship, loving hip-hop, all this stuff. It was bananas to see. And those details are like, yo, you knocked our teeth out? Those are real. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's really touchy when you go on this allegedly stuff. Um, and I'm not saying that it's not true. I'm not saying that it is true. I, nobody knows what happened with those two right now. It's not like the Rihanna Chris Brown thing with photo surface. So we Correct. don't really have a whole lot to go off of. But um, if it's true, I mean, come on, man. I mean, he's been with Emily B for like ever and more than 10 years, I believe. Yeah, 10 years is about yeah, right. At least. The kid is like uh, eight or nine. Yeah, so it's like, come on, man. Like, really? Punching women in the face like that? If that's the case, then that's what it is. I just really hate, I mean, as with everything, even police shootings, everything, trial by media. I just really hate that things go to Twitter so fast that people start, you know, handing down verdicts and we don't even have the, the real details. You catch wind of something. Like, there was a, there's a whole debate on Twitter where people really don't understand the meaning of allegedly. <laughs> they just think like somebody says allegedly means they did it. No, it just means I'm alleging that you did something. That doesn't mean it's fact or fiction. It's just this. These are charges. They said he he went in uh, and possibly had posted bail the same day and was and was let right back out, or he turned himself in and posted bail. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but that whole situation is a mess, man. And I mean, hopefully it's not true. But you know, if she's filing charges and he's punching women in the face, I mean, it sucks. It really does. Yeah, I mean, we've, once again, the allegedly has to, you know, it's alleged right now. So we're talking all hypotheticals. But we've been very, very um, hard on these young whippersnappers that come out that do a lot of dumb shit. You know, the the XXX extension cord kid, um, Tanahashi69, whatever the hell it is. All these little young wild dudes and they have very public cases and dumb shit on their record. And we were kind of, you know, very, oh, back in our day, like, because it's true, like, you know, we rapped about guns and, and selling drugs, but people weren't wilding out and some of the shit that we see today. But then this comes to light. It, it comes to a bigger issue of 
is there a problem in hip hop in general right now in hip hop culture? Like, do we see is is there a shift? Like, and it comes with social media. It comes with you know more access and and so on and so forth. But it seems like there's a lot of shit going on as far as domestic violence, sexual abuse, as that has become a bigger story nationally. It seems like that shit's just running rampant in hip hop. I mean, two things. One, um, domestic violence in hip hop and music in general is is nothing new. It's just we have social media and more ways for people to see it. There's really no difference than Cool G Rap beating up women and R. Kelly still doing what he does to women. Like, I mean, old dudes do the same thing. Rick James tied bitches up in the cellars. Like, the shit is, it's Ike Turner beat the shit out of Tina Turner and made a movie out of it. So, it's true. I mean, Only thing that came to my mind was Dr. Dre slapping D. Barnes. Yeah, I mean, you got Dr. Dre slapping D. Barnes. Obviously, Michelle accused Dr. Dre of beating the hell out of her. Um, I mean, these are nothing new. These accusations are nothing new. And now it's just a, a new brand of, of rappers, famous decks and um he called him extension cord god damn um but it, so it's, it's it's not new it's just happening more frequently in terms of being visible in social media and these stories are disseminated more um and then but the thing is like even now they're like non-stories is is the thing that, that's crazy to me because famous decks beat up a woman on security in a hotel like a, a hotel security camera and people got over that shit real quick the your boy extension cord put out an album that just went number one i heard that shit is dope by the way i gotta listen to it i haven't listened to it kaz says it's dope i thought kaz was crazy and he was just sipping the sauce before mania weekend but yeah i'm I'm gonna give it a listen i mean i i I, i'm gonna give it a listen but i can't support (laughs) cats like that you know what i'm saying it's really hard um but you know in fabulous's case you know i'd be a hypocrite if i bought fabulous's music and then you know i was dissing Famous decks. You know, the, the bottom line is this has always been a problem in music in general. Obviously, hip hop is, you know, the, the roots that we come from, the tree that we that were born from. But, you know, men have been beating up women for years in music. There's nothing new. <laughs> that's that's um, sad, but true. I mean, Chris yeah, Brown's yeah, still selling out. I saw yeah. someone buy his tickets yesterday. Like, people people get over shit real quick. If they think, and the thing is, I mean, this, the, the fucked up thing is, there's a lot of people who aren't talented that are beating up women and still getting over. Like, that's the crazy thing to me. Like, if you're semi-talented, then there's, even though it's still wrong, I can see you being like, eh, I still like his music. But there's people making trash music still getting over beating up women. That's crazy to me. Um, but it's all crazy to me. I mean, domestic violence is ridiculous as it is, especially, in the you know, we have the Me Too movement going on. Like, come on, guys, keep your hands to yourself. I mean, shit, Floyd Mayweather... Made a whole career of beating up men and women, and he's fifty and zero, and he's the most, the highest paid athlete in the world. That's true. I almost forgot about Floyd. How are we on a combat sports story, and I don't remember Floyd hit women. I mean, Dio Corrales used to hit his woman. Like, there's a lot of athletes that are involved in the domestic, and it, and, and it sucks because one bad apple does spoil the bunch. Because then it looks like you know this misogynistic uh, art form that depreciates women. It's kind of true in some in some. Uh, it's to some degree, it's still it's kind of true, but it sucks. Again, it sucks. I hope Fabulous wouldn't be that stupid, but anger takes over and these cats do dumb shit. Yeah, a lot of people were stupid before him, I guess. He's just the latest to be stupid. Uh, and like you said, that the most troubling thing is that it doesn't necessarily derail your career anymore. Nah, man. It's I a mean, blip it, on no, the it never, it never really did. Like, people didn't stop buying Rick James's music. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, people didn't stop buying. Like, it never, like, Chris Brown, I mean, the Chris Brown situation is 10 years ago now. 10 years. Still going strong. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't really, like, the, the devalidation of women as people. It's like we devalue them like animals. Like, you, you could probably kick a dog and, and more people be pissed off at you than kicking your woman in the stomach. Yo, that's real. I mean, we see that in a lot, of, a lot of aspects of. Yo, they'd be like, now. "Yo, you can't do that to that dog," but that woman right there, she deserved it. She must have did something. Like what? I, I mean, I see lines like that on social media all the time. She must have did something to deserve that. That's all I saw today on my timeline. Like, oh, he finally caught her cheating, or why was she in L.A. and not telling him? She must yeah. have been cheating. I was like, Yo. who cares about the backstory? Like, yeah. but what's the difference? She she lost the two front teeth. She walking around like Cesaro. Man, like, what are you talking about? You can't. It, the backstory doesn't matter if this is what actually happened. And, right. And yo, these it's the wrong way to risk it all when you're rich. Like there, there should never be that much. Anger. I'm a grown ass man and never been that angry in my life. And I have a horrible temper. Right. And, and wish I, to I punch mean, a woman too. in the face. I punch a dude in the face. You know, worse comes to worse. But I mean, I've never been that angry. It's never even crossed my mind. And one of the narratives I saw is like, yo, it's crazy that this comes out because domestic violence usually is something that isn't a one case scenario. Like there's something behind this. And then they kind of, you know, delved into like, I wonder if Fab's been hitting her for a while. Possibly. And, and she stays. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Because, yeah, like I, I've, you know, talked about tons of shit on this podcast. Um, I've never in my lifetime, have experienced domestic violence around anyone next to me, which is crazy because I know so many people who have. Um, I've never seen it. And thankfully, my mom's had like four boyfriends. I've never seen her in a, in a shitty relationship. I've never put my hands on my two women that I've been with. So to see this and to see it like, yo, there, there is really an underlying problem. And it's a problem, I guess, that catches me because I don't understand it. Cause I've never seen like firsthand. So when people are like, yo, no, he probably hit her before or no, you know, the alleged thing is like, yeah, but if you don't try to hit a woman, the alleged thing is never there. Cause there's court documents. People are saying it's an arrest report. I handle arrest reports all damn day. Like if you get details out of arrest report, you know, usually in the smoke, there's fire. If it goes that far. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up a little different. I grew up all around domestic violence. So it's like, it's usually one of those things where it peaks. It's usually somebody got fed up at a certain point. These these aren't one-off situations. I've never seen a domestic dispute that turned violent that was, this was the first time this shit has ever happened. It's usually like the fifth or sixth, seventh, eighth. It becomes a really routine. So, I mean, again, I don't want to toss around accusations on Fabulous because I don't know the man, but usually this is the point where it's just gone too far. Like it's happened before. I, I even think... Somebody, I'm sure, will correct me, but I even believe Rihanna in an interview has mentioned, you know, her and Chris Brown have put hands on each other before. I know Rihanna says she put hands on Chris Brown before, but I I don't know how far the extent was. So it's usually it just boils over. So, again, man, these things are nothing new. They're sad. It's unfortunate. Um, People living in the spotlight, young people. But the fact that there's no disciplinary action, you know, which we'll talk about disciplinary action when it comes to Canelo later. um, (laughs) Yeah. But the fact there's no disciplinary action for beating up women 
is problematic because you can continue your career and people and people even women will forgive you for beating up another woman because they'd be like shit it ain't me yeah Floyd got eight girlfriends right now and he did time for that shit it's wild Mon- money is the greatest eraser in the world it seems like it's that fucking flashy thing for men in black because like yeah well wasn't me let's keep moving the check on clear and uh Oh yeah, like I said, we'll we'll find out more about this. We'll find out if it's true, if it's not true. If it's not true, that's horrible because you're already kind of guilty in, in the eye of the public anyway. And that's that's definitely the time we live in. Like you go, you Google his name from now until 2030, you're gonna see domestic violence, whether that shit's true or not. So he's he's kind of caught in the web. So we'll we'll see what comes out of it. Um, that situation was bananas. Another thing in hip hop which is vastly different. A little bit lighter note. Um, Cardi B dropped a new single. And talking about women and kind of their value. Um, this one touches on that subject, but in a very different way. This is like, oh, y'all, my hurt woman. Stop cheating on me. I'm about to make this anthem. And it kind of fell short of that. Um, Yo, and I, I like Cardi B. I, I liked her mixtapes. Very few songs to me Cardi B has made in her entire catalog are whack. I'm not feeling this. I, I like the verses. I'm not feeling the song. Yeah, yo, people was like, you don't like the song? No, no I don't I like don't. the song. Listen, there's a difference between like, oh, being honest with your life and putting it out there and being whack. Like, <laughs> yo, I appreciate it. Look, look, Offset, you and Offset got issues. Who didn't see that shit coming? Um, it happens. You want to rap about it, but the song is mad corny. And people will be like, yo, but she bled her heart. That doesn't mean shit can be whack. There are p- painters who paint, and there are athletes who play, and they play their heart out, but they still suck. This song sucks. Um, it ain't I'm not good. A- like, it, it, it doesn't suck. It's, it's not- I mean, okay. You know what it sounds like? And I said this on Twitter last night. It sounds like a song that another cast member from Love & Hip Hop would have made. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely... And not one of the good cast members. It sounds yeah. like that, that little blonde lady. The little blonde <laughs> chick who's always wilding out and trying to fight. Um, it, it, it sounds like one of the, it sounds like, like if Cardi B came out with that song first before Bodak Yellow, we wouldn't be paying attention. Cardi B still be on Love and Hip Hop right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it, it missed in, in key areas. The song has potential. The beat's not like a knocker like her other ones, but. I, it would have changed a lot, even if the words were similar on the hook, but someone else sang the hook. Yeah, the hook is bad. That, like, that's what, like, I don't mind the verses at all. If, if you get that hook with someone who can actually sing, and let's say you, you, obviously, she's a cash cow for them. They put a ton of money behind her already. Um, if you get like one of the female artists who are hot, you get SZA to sing about heartbreak on a Cardi B track and sing those same words, that shit's probably... Ten times better. Cardi just can't sing. It's not even like Nicki Minaj status where there's so much editing and so much production that goes behind it that you can kind of stomach when she sings. Um, even though Nicki Minaj is so horrible. That how could you do this shit? Like that shit's whack. But um, she was yodeling and not in a good Alanis Morissette way. Uh, that it just it falls short. It falls bad. And they should have just ponied up the dough and have someone sing the hook. It felt rushed. It felt like one of those things where this is this is like the problem with having like studio equipment in your house. Like when you're able to record in your house off of like Fruity Loops uh, and MacBook and a microphone, <laughs> shit like this happens. Like there's no A and R that comes in. And was like, hey, no, don't do that. That's whack. Stop. 
There's nobody to do that. Was, she was like, I'm going to put this out. And they were just like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And she put it out. And it, it's, it's not good. But, you know. It'll people, get the radio play. They'll put the money behind it. Dude, it's fine. The album comes out next week. I'm reviewing it for Billboard. So, hey. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get a chance <laughs> to see what this Cardi B album is all about. But um, Do you still get it in advance to do reviews or no? How does this, this work in 2018? You know, I'm like a lot of the times, a lot of the albums that I've reviewed recently, I got in advance, and I've had them for a long time. Um, you know, like Rhapsody's album and a few other people's albums, I've had them for like months in advance. Um, Cardi's, I don't, I'm not sure because I just got hit about it today. They was like, "Hey, throw you a curveball!" Because I just interviewed DJ Premier for the Moment of Truth 20th anniversary. It was like, "Let's go on a different uh, wavelength here. How about you review Cardi B?" And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." So, uh, yeah, I'm going to review it. So I'm not sure. It's an initiative that we got at Billboard. We review a lot of the new artists uh, that are coming out the album of the week. So we'll see. I'm, I'm sure that I'll probably have an advance, but it'll probably be like a 48-hour advance. It'll probably be a leak. I don't know. <laughs> not the same thing, man. It's not like when I when a journalist 10 years ago, I used to have you know the promotional CD with the sticker on the shit with my name watermarked on the bitch. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. Everybody gets it at the same time. Occasionally, every minute in the song goes, for promotional use only. Yeah. <laughs> then you'd be like, yo, let me rock through this. I don't care. I used to bump that shit in the car anyway. Promotional use only all through the song. Yeah, it was uh, like, yo, if you days. had a promotional use only album, you were like dope. They was like, yo, how did you get that? Everyone thought that was fire. I tell people to this day, I had Ready to Die. Or not Ready to Die. Um, It was, was it Ready to Die? I had one of the, I mean, no, it was Life After Death. I had the promotional use only album six months before it dropped um and i had that shit in the barbecue it's eight months it was the end of the summer barbecue and i had it and it was only eight tracks on it at that time and i wow. remember the r kelly joint was on there and the shit said for promotional use only like throughout the hook and i'll be damned if we didn't play that nine times in a row at the barbecue to end the summer because that shit was still dope and notorious thug sky's the limit the R. Kelly joint, and people were like, oh my god, and they were losing their shit, had hypnotized before anyone heard it, and yeah, I was like, yo, really? I was like, nah, yeah, it's, it's normal, I guess that shit wasn't normal, and I thought it was fucked up because of promotional use only, but I remember that, that shit was dope, I miss those days, I miss it, I had a goodie mob, like, CD on promotional use only, it was like my first down south CD. Yeah, see, good, good old, old days. days. Good old days, man. I, shit, I'll take 2005 when we had to bootleg shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least at least that was fun. I had to scour Napster and shit for stuff. Man, I miss those days. It's getting nostalgic here. Um, so, going from Cardi B, who it's odd that you're reviewing that, but you're going to listen to it with a real musician's ear, so I can't wait to, to read that. Uh to another artist who's a little bit more, has a little bit more depth and success than Cardi B, and that's Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. So we were on Twitter, and you were having a conversation with one of our listeners, and they wanted you to talk about Gambino, and if where does he stand in the pantheon of people who are well-rounded in hip-hop? I mean, look, man, there are... When when Childish Gambino first came out, all right, let me tell you a story. I always got a story. Uh, it, it, the ending sucks, but so, <laughs> that's what hell of a way to preface the story. <laughs> by the way, so it, I was going to the uh, South by Southwest. I want to say 2011, 10. I don't know, one of those years. And Freaks and Geeks had just came out, I believe. 
um, his first EP. And I knew who he was. And I was at South by Southwest and I was on the red carpet for the Woody Awards. And, you know, I was out there. It was me, Shake and Mecca from Two Dope Boys. We were, I think it was the same weekend that Shake and Mecca hosted a uh, an event and Kanye West showed up. And it was it was random as shit. Is that way you guys broke the floor and people fell through the floor of a mansion? No, that was a different party. I'll tell that story another time. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, that that was when we had the dope house party. It was in like Mecca and a bunch of people DJ. We had free liquor and it get it was really ridiculous. It was like, one of the craziest parties for South by Southwest. No, but this was this was that was just a, a show. I can't even remember who all performed, but Kanye just showed up and he was backstage and we were all like looking at him and shit, like what the fuck are you doing here? But he was there. Um, but that same weekend, we went to the MTV uh, U Woody Awards, and he's on the red carpet, and like nobody's talking to him. And I'm like, yo, I just heard your EP. Shit is dope. And he's like, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And we're like talking. I don't really have my recorder on. Um, and when we were done talking, he was like, take down my phone number. You should hit me up, man. I got a bunch of music I want to play for you. And, and this is the day of Blackberry. This is how you know this shit's over. So I have my Blackberry. <laughs> And I'm typing his name, you know, Donald Glover. And, I, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, here's my number. So I forgot to hit save and I accidentally hit delete. So I lost the phone number. So I don't have his phone number anymore. <laughs> um, really sad because I really wanted to hear what else he had. Uh, but the thing about him is. You probably missed out on listening to Camp early and shit. Camp is so fire. Yeah, probably. And, you know, and it was, it was like we talked for like 20 minutes. And then like there was somebody was like, can you go down on the red carpet, please? He was like, nah, man, I'm sitting there talking. Um. <laughs> But looking at his, 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 his talent as an artist, I mean, with, as a singer, as a writer, as an actor, as a comedian, the only person that comes to mind is maybe Jamie Foxx. Maybe. Oh, you're not even putting Will? Will, Will got to be there. Yeah, but see, like, okay, so here's for, for his day, I mean, I'm not talking like Willennium Will. I know, I know what you're saying. Like the, <laughs> but, but the difference is, like, Donald Glover writes Atlanta, right? Like, that's that's a whole other level of artistry that, you know, that not even Jamie Foxx, like, Jamie Foxx is the Jamie Foxx show where I'm sure he helped with the jokes. But Donald Glover writes Atlanta. Donald Glover does stand up. Like, Jamie Foxx did stand up. Donald Glover acts. Donald Glover has, like, he has two entirely different albums. Like, ri- like ridiculous. Like, Awaken My Love is some other shit. That's on some Andre 3000 shit right there. Yeah. But he, he has not truly failed at anything that he's done. And that's the crazy thing. Like, and, and that's why I kind of compare him to Jamie Foxx. Because people are like, Jamie Foxx was a singer? Get the fuck out of here. And his album's <laughs> actually dope. But nah, Jamie Foxx was dope as a singer. Yeah, but I, don't, I, don't, I can't recall Jamie Foxx writing a show. And then when, the, you know, that whole FX thing where you're supposed to do the Deadpool animated series, people said he was too busy, and he threw up that entire script. And I obsess over screenwriting and scripts. I, like, I love reading them. Like, I had the Hateful Eight script early, and I read it, the entire thing, driving back from South by Southwest. I made my brother-in-law drive, and I read it in the car. Sundays, actually. But, so I read the entire Deadpool thing, and I'm like, yo, this is good. Like, he doesn't fail. I don't know... Too many people that are that talented. When he first came out, I was like, he's like the the dirtier version of Drake. Like, that's how I used to picture him. Like, yeah. Drake was this, this very crispy, clean, like, radio-ready. And Donald Glover was like some Basquiat artiste type shit. But now it's like he's, he's mainstream. Like, Atlanta's, I've missed the last, like, two episodes that I've been traveling. But, yo, that show is phenomenal. 
it, it looks at the industry in ways that people don't really know. And I, people laugh at it for different reasons. Like there are things, the episode where the dude's standing on the table at the, the record label. Yo, and, I remember when you guys were talking about that in the group chat, I was like, yo, that shit, that it really happens. That's hilarious. It, it's real. Like it happened to me. Like when I was at BET, people just come in and stand on the table and perform. Like, fuck are you doing? Like, this is stupid. Like, sit down. <laughs> But but they really do that. Like so, it's a side of the industry that people don't see. But I say all that to say this: I don't think there is anybody right now as talented in all of these art forms as Donald Glover. I can't even really find a peer. Jamie Foxx would be the closest. Yeah, but I mean, in in his in this state, like day and age, in this age bracket, it's hard to find competition. I mean. The closest now, like currently, and it's, it's a whole different level, obviously. Um, I would say it's Tyler, the creator, is the closest to being that well-rounded. Because Loiter Squad is hilarious Yeah, as a show. Um, it's obviously written by him and the Odd Future Kids. Yeah. It's he just like- musically has different tones. He has a whole different note. And he is a good rapper to me. Like, when Tyler wants to get busy... The, Listen, we didn't listen to Eminem for lyrical content either. But when Tyler wants to get busy, Tyler can get busy. He's speak, not for a yourself on, speak for yourself on Eminem. I did listen for lyrical content. I, back in, but I mean, M, even when he did some of his whacker shit, he could still put together words and, and the flow and everything else was, was still on point. So we're like, ah, okay, this is still kind of dope. Like those the fucking BET ciphers, he's still talking about random stupid shit. But you'd be like, no, wait. You see how he paired this and that? You'd be like, all right, that's dope. Um, and Tyler has a lot of that in him, but Tyler, Tyler is as close as I think you get today. And I would even say over Drake to that multifaceted artist. Uh, dude, it's just really like I'm not anybody, sure Drake can act still. Can Drake? Yeah. Act? He wasn't great on Degrassi. Like let's nah. be real, motherfucker you know, Jimmy in a wheelchair. But that's that's my thing. It's like you know Donald Glover's on he, Mystery Man. Donald Glover wrote on uh, Thirty Rock. I mean, come on, man. This man has been community. nominated for. He was hilarious on Community. Like, who's been nominated for a, a, a Grammy and a Golden Globe? Like, it, it doesn't really happen. Didn't he win the Golden Globe? Uh, ooh, damn. Somebody, I somebody's got to answer this. Yeah, I yeah. Can't. I thought he won that shit for Atlanta. I believe he did. I believe he wrote, he won that for, for writing, actually. Him, yeah, I believe he wrote that for writing. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like, his, his, his stand up. Yes, he had an accepted though. speech. He yeah. won. <laughs> Oh yeah, he think Migos. About, yeah, the Migos is the Beatles of the generation, which is fucking ridiculous. But he said that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's like anybody that you name, I'm like, yo, did they have a stand up? Like he had Weirdo, and Weirdo was funny. Like the guys, he's just a different level of artist. He's a special, a very special talent, and I, and it's crazy because he's so special, but I still don't think he gets his due. No, As, no, like he, he's still vastly like, oh, underrated, right? Yeah, like he, I mean, people like him and enjoy him, or they'll like Awaken My Love, but, or they'll like Atlanta, or they like it a lot. But when you put the totality, when you put all those things together, you don't find artists doing like stuff like that. Like that's a true artist. I mean, he's, he's, he's good at everything he touches. He well, does not fail. He won a Grammy too. Thought he was just nominated. He won Best Traditional R&B Performance for Redbone. Okay, well. So he, he now has two of the three. And if the special effects on this Star Wars joint is really dope, and if it wasn't coming up against Avengers, it would probably win that too. Yeah, I mean, look, man, the kid's super talented. I mean, I call him a kid; he's like thirty something. But yo, he's he's unbelievable. 
And, and Atlanta is just Atlanta is one of the most unique and special shows I've seen on television. It's it's very, it's, it's just really good, man. So, yeah, shout out. I, I'm sorry, man. Uh, like you're gonna hit me on Twitter and be like, shout me out, and I'm like, yo, I wasn't even looking at my Twitter to remember your handle. But appreciate the question, brother. And now we can talk about what we came here to talk about. We spent every all this other time talking about everything yes, else. Yes, combat sports. Um, Shit, and we're not even going to get into the nitty-gritty. Like we said, right, there, there's only, like, one fight to really break down and dive into. We got to start with Tainted Beef, and that's Canelo versus Triple G. It's starting to look funny in the light. Last week, we're like, nah, too much money. Fuck it, it's going to happen. No way they cancel this. Now we're kind of like, eh, it's not looking too good for Canelo. Oh, it's getting canceled. It's, it's over. <laughs> the, the, the full refunds. Made it look pretty bad. Well, when Bob Bennett, and I'm going to send Bob Bennett a text uh, about to get a, get a full statement. But he's given a full statement, so I'm sure he's going to give me what he gave everybody else. Once you say, once you skip the hearing process to hear the other side, and you go straight to the disciplinary hearing on April 18th, which is three weeks before the fight, it's over. There's no fight. He's getting suspended. The only question now is whether it's going to be six months or a year. That's it. Well, it's crazy because. They would say, like, if if he proved that his levels weren't insanely high and this happens a lot with the tainted meat, you don't have to hear their side, right? Because there's precedent. Well, the problem with this is, like I, like I said before in, like, the group chats where people have asked me on Twitter, if there is a if, – if it was a little bit and there was some precedent – like, there, there had to be something during the investigation that made Bob Bennett say – Mm, these are higher than, you know, excuse me, I took a, you know, bite of bad lamb or whatever the fuck he was eating. But don't disrespect the, levels, the cows, bro. It's cow's meat. <laughs> but if the levels are there and look, man, there, there's so many things here because people are like, yo, it's not fair. You know, it's a simple mistake. There's two sides of this. One, if you're Canelo Alvarez and your team knows that you live in an area where you could have tainted beef. And I know people would be like, that's really douchey of you to say, but you got the money. Fly your beef in. Yeah, because it's surely going to cost you a lot of money right? to fuck up. What is going to cost you for not spending the extra money to get a steak from somewhere else is is far more than it's going to cost you, you know, now that you're you're not having this fight. Um, And, I mean, this is a big deal, man. And it it sucks because fans were looking forward to it. But people are going to get over this shit. Now, I'm about to explain how this actually works in Canelo's favor in a minute, which is crazy. But there, there's, there's a silver lining. Yeah, there's a huge silver lining in this. Um, um, yeah, yeah, Triple G can't fight him. Like, at, at this point, Triple G as a fighter. As soon as he popped, I thought Triple G should, you know, just draw the line in the sand. Either it's 50-50 money-wise or we're not fighting. I can't fight you for anything less. Because at this point... You know, purposeful or not, you are tainted. You do have something in your system that is illegal. And we're in a sport where one punch, shit, we saw him almost kill Amir Khan. Like, one punch can can do you in. And and we saw in the first fight, they're trading blows. And Triple G somehow withstands all that shit. And Canelo, if he's even a little bit stronger, changes the whole dynamic of the fight. So you, you can't go out there. You can't put that L on the line. If it's just not straight up. And I think that's where we're at now. And Triple G said he still wants to fight. We'll see if that is even possible with the hearing being pushed back to a disciplinary hearing. Like, who's going to take Triple G in three weeks? 
uh, Bubu Andrade would. Um, there's a couple of guys that actually would. There's a guy, there's a super middleweight, there's a middleweight fighting on the Friday card. And I, his name is O'Sullivan, I think his name is. He's fighting on the Friday before that fight, on the Golden Boy card. And they could move him up to just get beat up. And right? people were like, talking about Jacobs because he's scheduled to fight like the week before. Like, just can't finish it. I don't know. It took him like know, two months to bulk up last time. Yeah, but it wouldn't be Jacobs. Like, Jacobs not taking that fight on short notice. Uh, but it's there's so many things here because Golovkin, yes, of course, he wants to fight. He wants to stay on the card. Canelo, what Canelo's team would need to do, and this article is going up on Boxing Scene Saturday. So if you're, if you're listening to this after you read it, you'll be like, I already heard him say that shit. Well, here it is. <laughs> what Canelo needs to do, and Kevin only kind of outlined this as well, is basically accept the disciplinary action as like it's inevitable there's really no reason to preach my side mm-hmm. say i fucked up i'm sorry and i'm pulling out of the fight to give them enough time to find a replacement you can do that in good faith and you can say you can say it was a mistake but if you keep fighting it it makes you look worse and it makes you look worse to the fans because fans are holding out there there's fans that are like yo Maybe they'll get away with it. I already bought my flights. Like, there are fans. But if you do it now, it is March 30th, in 30 days in advance, and you say, I'm pulling out of the fight, you know, either way, accidentally, whatever, the rules are the rules, and I broke the rules. I may not agree with them, but this is what I'm going to do in good faith. Because you're getting suspended anyway. Why fight it? So if you do that, you can come back. And you have people on your side to be like, oh, you treated Canelo wrong. Or you like you may have fans on your side, like like people on John Jones' side. And this guy's a known addict. <laughs> people still love John Jones. But if you're Canelo and you say, yo, I've never popped. You know, this is something that happened. I'll take better care of myself. I will make sure my team doesn't, you know, subject me to tainted meat. I'll move my training camp. Whatever you got to do to say, but pull out of the fight now. Don't waste anybody else's time. It's unnecessary. Like, if Triple G wants to fight, let that man fight. Yep. I, I agree. I mean, one for one, if he pulls out now, says, you guys have your decision already. Just give me the decision. Six months, if he pulls out now and they levy the decision, six months puts him in line for the September 13th weekend that he always fights on. September 15th would be almost six months to the day for his suspension. So... Your next date, you're clear to fight anyway, right? And time is on your side against Golovkin. He is much older. He will break down theoretically before the 28, 29-year-old Canelo Alvarez. So the later you fight him, the older he is, the better it is for you anyway. So his chances grow even more by waiting just six months or... Lord, what if he has to take a fight against someone else in September and they try to do this next May? It's a full year older Golovkin is. It only plays better to him. Yeah. The earlier you fight Golovkin, the, the more of a chance you're taking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, you've hit the nail right on the head. The time is on Canelo's side. Um, he's not even going to be 30 yet. Like, this fight could happen next year. And then people would be like, oh... I'm not going to watch it. Yes, you are. You <laughs> waited six years for Mayweather Pacquiao. And then, you know, even if you say, well, Golovkin could lose. Well, Pacquiao lost. He got knocked silly. He's still a meme to this day. And Pacquiao, Mayweather still broke every boxing record in the book. So, yeah, you wait. You can wait another year for this. I don't want to wait for another, another year for it. But, you know, you will, you will still want to see this fight. Nothing's going to change. I argue that they should have took fights against other people anyway. 
and then came back. I didn't like the immediate back to back. I mean, I liked it for what it what it was because you want to sell the differences. But yeah, exact. I mean, the business of boxing is very people forgive. If again, if you waited all this time for Mayweather Pacquiao, you can wait another twelve months for Canelo and Triple G. You'll get over it because you're still going to pay, pay to see the fight. That's not going to be a fight that you'd be like, man, I'm not going to see that because. The biggest thing here, the fight was fucking good. <laughs> like more right, than well, anything else. That's only the, they'll just run the promo package again, and everyone will be bought right back in. Yeah, like the fight was was excellent. And, you know, in some places it was fight of the year. So it's like you'll wait to see it again because there's no doubt it's still going to be a great fight. But for Canelo, it's like yo, I'm just getting better. And Golovkin, you know, he's reaching that. Most fighters start deteriorating after 35. Yeah, everyone you besides went, Hopkins. Right, and he's an alien, so you know what I'm saying. Like, but even Bernard Hopkins, you know, I mean, he fought, fought a different pace. He's a different type of fighter. Golovkin doesn't fight a style that's conducive to him aging. Like guys who fight like Roy Jones didn't fight a style that was conducive to his aging. Like when you rely on reflexes, Golovkin he'll just bowl over people. Eventually, that catches up with you. So if you're Canelo, you be like, that's what I'm saying. Step aside, let him fight some bum. Yo, let him go fight Billy Joe Saunders in in, uh, in September. And I'll fight somebody else. We'll do like a doubleheader pay-per-view or some shit like that yeah. to build the hype. So now we have all the belts on the line. Because Billy Joe Saunders can't run forever. Pay that man what he wants to get knocked out. Now, now Golovkin's got all the belts, and we fight next May. Well, Triple G's older now. Yeah. So you have, you have a better chance to win. I, yeah. I still am not sure if he's going to win. But, yo, from where, where I was standing at like two, three years ago when I said Canelo doesn't have a shot in hell to him getting better, and I still think he's going to lose to Triple G. But next year... I'm going like, damn, this is getting close. Changes a lot. What if, you know, Billy Joe Saunders clips Triple G? We see him, I'm just saying, like, what What if we see chinks in the armor? It, it only helps the narrative. What's crazy is this only helps the narrative. You have two guys who aren't phenomenal speakers who, in the first fight, you had to sell it off of someone's getting knocked out. Right? That was the whole selling point for the first fight. Guess what? No one got knocked out. So where's the narrative for this fight? Hey, come watch us again. It's the same people who watched the first one. This now builds intrigue. This gives you a storyline. This paints exactly. Canelo as Triple G's. They run this back September, next May. Triple G's going to say he cheated. Yeah. He was juicing. This is why I'm going to beat him. This is why I'm going to knock him out. And it makes Canelo the heel. So he has a monster fan base already built in that will always look at him like the savior. And then to the rest of the world, he would be the heel and the bad cheater. You couldn't hope for anything better than that. You gave a pretty bland fighter in Canelo a very good gimmick off of eating some fucked up beef. Yeah, so it, this, it, this is a perfect storm for them. Yep. Everything uh, works out. It sucks for me. I want to see this fight in May. It sucks for us because we're going to be ringside for it. But I'm, I live. I'm good. Yeah. As long as Triple G still fights, I'm fine. Listen, I watch. I watch the squash match. I'm perfectly fine with that. Let me see him just KO someone in three rounds. Big drama show. I, I'm, I'm with it. Um, talking about fights that we may have to wait for. You're serving it up on a platter. Anthony Joshua fights this weekend. Obviously, we don't got to wait for this. But a lot rides on this, and we may have to wait a little longer for Wilder versus Joshua, depending on the outcome of this fight. Um. First, though, Joshua Parker, his, I want to say it's his toughest test to date, but I don't want to shit on Vladimir Klitschko. I mean, Joseph Parker's undefeated. He's a hell of a fighter. He's got a great chin. Um, 
this is this probably is probably really toughest. Tough yeah, his toughest fight to date. I mean, Klitschko was you know Klitschko. He lost just right before then, you know. So it, it was it was a whole different whole different dynamic to that. Um, I'd say Joshua. This is his his riskiest fight to date because you you're so close, so close to the money fight. We're hearing all this buildup of Dana White, 500 mil, blah, blah, blah. By the way, the Dana White curse is real if Joshua gets flattened. Uh, no one ever again will get their stamp put on by Dana White because it is official that he is a jinx if Joshua loses his fight. Um, but, yeah, there's just so much hype, so much riding on this fight, and it, it's crazy to see if that pressure gets to him. And I'm talking about Olympian, which is ridiculous, and I'm talking about if he crumbles under pressure. But there is a lot of pressure. This puts him in a whole different tax bracket. You can become the face of boxing. Because outside of Floyd Mayweather, nothing pays like heavyweight boxing. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, Joshua came in lighter than he's coming in six years, I think, when he weighed in today. Yeah. And we saw um, the same thing out of Wilder in Wilder's last fight. Yeah. I don't know why. I got to start asking people. My next round of interviews is going to be like, yo, why is everyone getting so fit? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, but you know, I guess Joshua wants to be light, smaller. I mean, a little bit faster. He was he was pretty bulky against Klitschko because um, Klitschko was a huge guy. He's got some size on Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker is not as big as Joshua, but this will be a test. And if he passes with flying colors, because I mean, obviously the comparative here is the Luis Ortiz and Deontay Wilder fight, because that was a a fight that Deontay Wilder had no business winning. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, dog, you should have lost. <laughs> like, well, the fact that he never touched a canvas is incredible. Right, yeah, it's remarkable. But if, if if Joshua comes in here and just washes Joseph Parker, then it's like, I mean, no matter what happens, as long as he wins, the narrative is thick and it's it's built for a huge fight in 2019. They ain't fighting this year. It's 2019. See, but, I hate that. Waiting. So then they got to fight again and hope yeah. to win again? They won't hope to win. They'll win again. They'll t- probably take a soft, couple softball fights, and then they'll look at Vegas. There's only so I many Stavernes. Yeah, well, you'll find. Some, I mean, you'll find somebody. There, there's there's Dominic Brazier, there's a, there's a few guys out there that, that could just come come in there and get knocked out. I mean, you got a uh, um, shit who just fought this weekend. Jesus Christ, why can't I remember? Who Not knocked out Dana White? You're gonna fuck around and you get like a Tyson Fury coming back. Yo, talking but, shit. Like the there's, there's trap fights within there if you fuck around and wait too long. Yeah, I mean there there are trap fights. Oh my Tyson god, Tyson Fury might just not be hit. Listen, and real quick, the hell out of Joshua. Your boy Keith Thurman just injured his left hand. His May fight may be off. Oh, <laughs> one time, one yeah. time. Yo, he ain't never fighting. <laughs> He's taking those belts to the grave, Drake. Jesus. He ain't never fighting Errol Spence ever. Anyway. Talk about waiting. Yo, just wake me up in 2019. Can we just wash boxing in 2018? Let's just do it. Just redo everything. 2019. After such a good 2017. So. Yeah, so the guy I was thinking, it was Dylan White, who knocked out uh, Lucas Brown over the weekend um, with a beautiful right hand. Lucas Brown's a guy who could step in and fight one of these guys. <laughs> so the point is, is that just like I was mentioning with Canelo Triple G, we can wait for Wilder Joshua. It's a little different with heavyweights, though, because one punch can truly change everything. Um, but I figured that these two will end up fighting in 2019, probably maybe in Vegas. Um, but yeah, people can wait. It just has you to know, be in Vegas. Doesn't it, have to. Be. It has to be to be a, a, a that marquee name in heavyweight boxing. 
Yeah, just you, New York just doing here. all the shit. And, but, uh, yo, I get it. Like, you need to fight here because you get paid more money. You know, face state taxes. That's why you got to fight in Vegas. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. That was a tough. But the, the history, the lineage, like, I could you imagine that? Like, there's there's very few stages bigger than heavyweight boxing. I, I thought the, the first Stavern Wilder fight was surprisingly big the night of. I was like, yo, celebrities came out? Like, hip-hop yeah. heads, all this stuff? I was like... Where did all these people start caring about boxing? They just cared about heavyweight boxing. They care about heavyweights. Heavyweights is where the money goes. Yep. yep. So, and that was in the old MGM, all this stuff. You put that in T-Mobile, come on. And if it is 2019, cool. You get the first one, let them run it back. I, I've been itching for a stadium show. Wait until that radio's, Raider Stadium opens up. We will get boxing uh, in Raider Stadium. I hate stadiums, but yeah. Anyway, I get what you're saying. Uh, dog, like I don't want to go to a fight in the stadium. You're on the I floor like, anyway. What does it matter to you? Because it's wide open. <laughs> you're like, like three rows back. Yeah, but it's I don't I just don't like stadiums. Like I don't like stadiums for WrestleMania. I don't like open air arenas more more than anything else. I hate open air arenas because you can't capture sound like you can in, in like a dome. Like there's a big difference. Like if you watch, like if you go back and look at WrestleMania, for instance, WrestleMania 31, the pop when Seth Rollins cashes in was deafening but you couldn't really hear it because an open air stadium like all the air all the sound just travels up yeah when you're in a in a closed arena everything stays in there and you can feel it like if if floyd mayweather like i always talk about the pretty sure we have a roof by the way i saw the the sketches the other day i'm just i don't know how to contain sound and i I don't know man i'm just not i'm not big on like the whole stadium experience i just put it (laughs) anyway Dre Dre likes the intimate setting he likes to, I to set the mood. <laughs> I, I, like, I, like, I like all my performance. Like when I go to concerts, when I go to anything, I like it in smaller arenas because it just it. I like the intimacy of that. When it's so big and it's just like the nosebleeds, I don't even understand why people go. At a certain point, I'm like, why are you here? You can watch the shit at home if you're going to sit up in, in the top of the thing and have to watch the TV anyway. <laughs> oh, you're going to catch Dre at UFC Fight Week this July with a nice Merlot ringside, a couple candles lit. Some ambiance. That's how he's going to start enjoying fights. Third row. <laughs> very hey, in, very intimate for his knockouts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, man. That, that's crazy. Um, that's the world of boxing. Uh, anything in the UFC? I don't think anything came out through UFC. I mean, I we'll talk about Khabib and Tony next week, but I, I missed their conference call, but I heard it was madness on that conference call. Yeah. I mean, there was like four questions asked. That yeah, was it. Like, yeah, other than that, like, the UFC um, is like, the UFC is very much like so. Yeah. <laughs> like, Connor's like, training again. I don't care. You don't, everybody cares. Um, like, I don't care. Connor what? announces a return fight, the world explodes. Yeah, but other than that, I don't care. Like, right now, there's nothing to care about. TJ and DJ aren't fighting. I knew that was happening. I knew Daniel was never ponying up the cash for, for uh, Demetrius Johnson. It's so. ridiculous. It only takes a million. The man made it clear what it takes. Eh, he's not going to pay him. So, like, UFC's, again, like, yo, this has been the, the truly the lightest month of MMA and combat sports, like, in a long time. There's only been two fights in the month of, in, in March. Two UFC cards. And we, we had... We went to one, right? I'm not bugging, right? There was one here. <laughs> I don't know. I think we had Shake Shack. Uh, <laughs> was that in March? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The March one was here, yo. I'm not entirely sure. Chris Cyborg, she saved it. That was March? That was the beginning of March. And then yeah. it was like one, two weeks after that, and it hasn't been anything since. Damn, I can't believe we forgot about that. Yeah. Well, we didn't even know. Cyborg, yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, so, so we kick off April, right, with, uh, what was that, 224? I don't remember. 223. 223? Whatever. Either way, we can talk about that next week. Um, because yeah, that's so. a fully loaded card on our fully loaded show. That's we need to start like renaming, like you know how they used to do UFC back in the day. It'd be like UFC to the death or some <laughs> shit like that. Now it's just like UFC, like Vera versus somebody. Like who oh. cares? I, I like that. Like, the quarter podcast. Too much shit to talk about. Yeah, like yeah, fully. <laughs> You're gonna die. Like something like that. <laughs> Only if we bring back the old school like art too. That'd be fun. Yeah, we, we got to get like someone like a Photoshop specialist to bring back the old school art. Um, all right. Well, that means it's time to talk wrestling, which is always fun. Um, we're not delving into the X's and O's, per se, of wrestling this week. We're going to do all that shit next week. And to my account, there's uh, Lucha Underground versus Impact, which we're oh not going to touch on, really. But uh, that's going down next week. We have ROH. Um, next weekend as well with Cody versus Kenny Omega, finally. And we'll talk a little bit about that today. Then we have NXT take over the same night next weekend. And we have WrestleMania, of course. Plus the Raw after Mania, but we can't really talk about that. Those more reviews. Um, a ton of shit to cover next weekend. And mind you, we're going to boxing because we're going to be at the Lara fight. Yeah, I just talked to Jared Heard this week. And they just added Sergio Moore versus Alfredo Angulo. And it's on the untelevised portion of the card. Oh, what That's, a good-ass fight, though. It's a very interesting fight. Angulo's kind of wise, but so is Sergio Moore. So two wise guys get in there. They used to spar together. Yeah, okay. I like Angulo as the gatekeeper. Because it's always going to be blows thrown. He, he's never just going to sit back and wait. He, he's perfect in that role. Hey, I like that fight. I guess we got to get there a little early next week. So, yeah, we have boxing. But, you know, here's where we should start this week. Because the only thing that matters to me this week is New Japan. Um, we just had Strong Style Evolved. Yep. And this weekend is Sakura Genesis. And uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is challenging for the title against Okada. Uh, but we should talk about Strong Style Evolved first. Um, and we saw, listen, there were good matches on the card. Um, I, I thought Hangman had his best match, Hangman Page. Versus uh, Switchblade? Yeah, Jay White. Versus Jay White. That was a good-ass match. Jay White's best match so far. It's me, too. Um, Really enjoyed that. But it was all about the main event. Five stars, homie. And it seems like Kenny Omega, every time he rolls out of bed, gets five stars. And this one was well-deserved, though. I'm not going to rip Meltzer for this one. Um, I loved this tag team match. Yeah, I mean, it. Look, first of all, are you going to give it a four point five? Are you going to really do this? Well, like, are you? <laughs> no, wait. Let me be clear. The rest of the show was trash. You didn't like and the I'm, Hangman page. Didn't really care for it, and it's not even because I'm not even going to blame the wrestlers for it. Because even though there were too many tag team matches on there, the production was terrible. Oh yeah, it was hard to watch. And Jim Ross and Josh Barnett did a terrible job on co- commentary, so it was just. From that perspective, like the production value of the show was awful. Um, not having Mysterio on the card also sucked, even though we got Will Ospreay. Um, oh, Ospreay match wasn't bad either. Yeah, it was cool. But I'm just saying, like overall, like at a certain point, I was just like, yo, this is dragging. Can we get to the main event, please? That main event definitely delivered. And I have to say this first because nobody knows me personally here, but 
like my father is a uh, um, <laughs> he's not an advocate of wrestling. He hates wrestling. <laughs> so I was watching Strong Style Evolve at his house and he was at work and the main event was on and I'm like into it. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Um, and I'm watching it and my wife had went to see Black Panther finally, finally. And uh, my nephew was doing something else and my pops walks in. And this is this is at the spot where uh, right before Omega gets uh, after the Young Bucks put Omega through the table. My pops walks in and this the, the, the match is crescendoing like everything's picking up. <laughs> A pops walk in and he goes, you still watch this shit? And for the next like 10, 15 minutes, he just starts railing against pro wrestling. He's like, you watch this as a kid. This is so dumb. Why are you watching this shit? And he's, you know how difficult it is to watch what you enjoy when, you're, when your pops is like, when somebody's in the room and just completely is shitting on what you're just watching. cutting that shit down. <laughs> so I, I have to watch the match again. But from what I saw, and I mean, I watched it all, but it wasn't like, I had to keep talking to him like, yo, shut the fuck up. Like, come on, man. Like, I get it. You don't like pro wrestling. You don't understand why I grew up loving pro wrestling. But from what I saw, that match was, if it wasn't a five-star match, it was a 4.75. I mean, that was just crazy. It was great storytelling with Kenny Omega not knowing what he wants to how to handle the Young Bucks. With Ibushi, like, yo, you're my guy, but fuck this. I'm beating these guys up. Like, the Young Bucks have no love for Ibushi. Ibushi has really no love for the Bucks. But then you have Omega in the middle, and the way the match played out was phenomenal. So, yeah. it the, was a The match. tease of the one-wing angel, where he couldn't yeah, do was, it. And then, I think it was Matt. He's just like, get it done. And he puts his arm up there and makes him do the one-wing angel. That shit's crazy. Yeah. That was, I mean, storytelling. Like... This is another big middle finger to everybody who says Young Bucks can't tell a story. Yeah, which I always argued. In New Japan, they tell fine stories. They in tell ROH, it. they're spot monkeys. Yeah, they are completely like... PWG, they're really spot monkeys. Based on where you watch the Young Bucks wrestle, they acclimate their style to the promotion they're wrestling for. Yeah. In New Japan, they tell stories. In PWG, they just go balls to the wall. And ROH is like a hybrid between the two, but it's a little bit more of the PWG style. But New Japan, these guys can tell a great story. And this was a fantastic match with great storytelling. Yep. From what I, again, disclaimer, from what I saw, my dad wouldn't shut the fuck up. But, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, yeah, you definitely got to watch it again because the ending, yeah, so many like, you know, near falls and just the story being told and the, the conflict on their end and um, finally ending with the the golden trigger where Kenny Omega is like, okay, it is about me and Ibushi and they're finally going to win. Um, to Cody coming out, it was well done. Then shit took a turn for the weird. Because I don't know where Cody's fitting in on this. I'm really starting to worry that we're getting an NWO, NWO Wolfpack style shit, which is something I do not need. Well, I'll be completely honest. Um, I'm, I worry too. And I, I, I trust, like, I've been very trusting of Gato's booking, his long-term booking and his vision. Because mm-hmm. um, even when AJ Styles was gone, I was like, yo, what are they going to do when they've got Kenny Omega? And I was like, oh, much better. So it was like, I trust Gato's booking. And I think a lot of stuff is going to hinge on Supercard of Honor and how that match plays out with Cody and uh, Kenny Omega. Um, but until then, I think we just got to kind of ride it out. Because if there is like a second Bullet Club, then it then it's just dumb. And There's a new logo that Cody's promising. See, I just feel like Cody's going to get kicked to the curb. I, I just feel like Cody's out. But I feel like Hangman is there with him. I think um, 
Yeah, it, it's weird. I feel like he's putting together a second Bullet Club. But it might not be the Bullet Club. You know, it, it could be something where they all turn on Cody because Cody's really been the douchey guy. Yeah. Ultimately, he's played his role very well um, as the guy that, you know, he's kind of the leader, but not really. And it's like, well, whose side are you on? And even with this match with the Bucks um, and Kenny, it's, like you kind of see like, well, there's some certain respect there. It's just a matter of who's going to be running Bullet Club once Cody's gone. See, and so, then that's that's the key. Like it's I would trust it if it was just New Japan produced. The fact that this is playing out through ROH and New Japan, and before the rosters with Bullet Club were kind of split. Like, there wasn't too much integration right there. It was like, okay, we had Tamatanga and all these guys, and that was the, um, you know, New Japan-style one. And then we kind of had the Young Bucks here in America. Repping a Bullet Club, and that was pretty much the extent of it. Now the the bleeding over of the Bullet Club, it, it makes it... It's convoluted, and I'm hoping that the storyline is is one and it's smooth, but I don't get that sense. I, I feel like the shit they do in ROH is so much different than the stuff they do in New Japan. You just saw Gorilla as a destiny. Like, what, what the hell are they doing? I'm sure there's a collaboration here. I mean, ultimately, they're putting on a great match. The story will probably be completed in New Japan. Um, but whatever it is, I'm trusting of the process, and I'll, I'll stand idle and just wait for it to play out. Yeah, I mean, worst comes to worst, they can't botch it as bad as WWE botches shit. So, well, no, they can't. And, and yo, mad people are gonna be like, "Yo, you're in New Japan, Mark. Oh, WWE is great. Look at this WrestleMania card. We're gonna talk about that in a minute." But come on, guys, you know WWE fucks up like every story. Yeah. So it's like, come on, they, Listen, like, get, I, I give them credit. They get a couple right by accident. Yeah, like, but John they, they Gargano's an accident, but <laughs> they fuck up a lot. I'm not gonna say that's an accident. NXT. Is its own entity, Dre. Do not shit on NXT. They don't mess up storylines. Um, they had Velveteen Dream and fucking Aleister Black just crescendo to the perfect mark. I mean, and, NXT, NXT's done well. well. We'll talk about all that in a minute. Let, yeah. Let's talk about the Secure Genesis card really quick. Um, because, yeah, we have this Young Bucks versus Chase Owens and Yuji Hiro Takahashi match, which is people are like, why is this happening? Yeah. And I, I don't know. But, <laughs> no like, one you, knows. You got the Hangman Page and Cody versus Omega Nabushi match, which should be pretty good. Um, but obviously, everybody's tuning in for the, the main event, which is Kazushika uh, Okada and Zack Sabre Jr. Um, of course, anybody who listens to the show knows we love New Japan. We just haven't talked about it a whole lot, but Sabre Jr. won the New Japan World Cup by submitting everybody in his path, mm-hmm. including Tanahashi and Tetsuo Naito and Kota Ibushi pretty murderous row lineup of a tournament and you submit all three of those guys um but nobody expects him to beat okada no no one at all which would be great if he did um i like super heel zach saber jr oh he yeah. never really got that until he came to New japan and then now he's even turned it up more yeah i mean being like part he's, of he's ultimate suzuki british Gun. asshole right now yeah being part of suzuki Goon has helped i mean they they needed to bring him out a little bit more because you know minora suzuki's yes, he's getting older but you need a new face of suzuki Goon, and i think zach saber jr is that guy um being a douchebag really helps him because you know he was like super baby face when i first saw him in like pwg yeah um and then he turned heel and we he reteamed with marty scroll to form the leaders of the new school and i was like yo he's a really good heel so i mean i don't think he's gonna be okada but I think they've just built another main event player who can make a big difference in G1 this year by having him win this tournament and submit everybody. It's not by accident. He's not going away. He's a major player now. Yeah. I um, mean, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan. Like, I liked his run, 
But to me, his run was just to lose. So you just built someone up for a cottage to feud with for a little while. Um, but no, if they sustain the character and he sustains it, and it could really, you know, grow into something. I think you pointed at that last week. I was like, ah, I don't really see it. But even in a week's time, like the shit they've done online, the promos, everything else, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of into it now. Yeah, like, I mean, him, I, showing I, I up a P- him showing up at PWG and then saying, oh, Zack Sabre Jr. would like to remind you that he won. Like, he's being like the ultimate douchebag right now. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think it's- a heel losing a title match does a lot more for their character in the long run. Yeah, look, look, every story doesn't have to end with somebody holding the title up. Like, the guy that you want to hold the title up. Like, heels can lose matches to become even better. So, yeah. I'll be very interested in this match with Okada. Um, and it's it's what I'm looking forward to the most. I'm, I'm th- look, dude, thank God this, this isn't next week. I wouldn't be able to take it. My oh, head would no. explode. That'd be crazy. And he has a lot of William Regal in him right now in the character. Like, old school Regal. I like yeah. that. Yeah, he's like a skinny... Regal, yeah. Like, that, that pompous, like, the way he walks now. It reminds me of that old school Regal, where he had the robe, yeah. not the man's man Regal, but like, you know, where he, you just look at him and be like, yo, this guy's a dick. Yeah. He's yeah. got a lot of that going on. Um, oh, and Osprey versus Skrulls on this card. Well, yeah, I was about to say the sleeper that. match that is Osprey versus Skrulls. Skrulls is in a very interesting spot because I think he's got to win one of the matches in the next seven days. Either he beats Osprey to become the new uh, junior heavyweight champion, or he beats Dalton Castle to become the heavyweight champion in ROH. I don't think you can lose both. He's got to win one. <laughs> yeah, you got to throw the bat a bone somewhere. So which one does he win? He beats Dalton Castle. Um, I, you know, I'm all for Dalton Castle being champion. I thought that shit was cool. Um, but it, no one's done anything to elevate that championship since Jay Lethal. It's just blah. And to me, that's why the promotion right now is blah. We had a great time at the at the show. Obviously, the matches are good. But there's no reason to invest in it. There's no storyline like we have in New Japan. New Japan got four storylines better than anything ROH got. It's the same damn I mean, talent. That's true, but I don't think you take the title off of Dalton Castle. I understand, I, but he's not... For so long, people said he's a character that doesn't need the title. Right? That's what they always said. Yeah. He's one of those guys... The character itself lends itself to not need a title. And then I was like, no, throw him a ball on you. Dalton Castle is amazing. He's great. He hasn't added anything to the title, and it hasn't added anything to him. They tried to have the title give him, like, this mean streak, so he wrestles a little bit more stiff, and, and he's just, uh, you know, he, he has that, like, I snap type of moment, but he couldn't do that show without the belt, and he hasn't elevated the belt to any new length, so I, I think Marty Skrull is a guy who can elevate the belt. Mm, yeah, I'm going to disagree with you there. Um, and, and the reason why I disagree, because it's not Don Cal's fault, it's booking. It's, it's the booking between Final Battle to now has been, hasn't been very good. And I think Dalton Castle, the longer he holds the title, the more, rele- the more he can elevate it. Because I think, I, I don't think he's, I think it hurts him more if he loses the title now than him never winning the title at all. If that makes any sense. He got it. He just beat Jay Lethal in an excellent match. Him versus Skrull at Supercard of Honor is like a it's not the it's not the focus of the ROH show. And that's more than anything else. I feel like if Skrull's gonna win the title, it needs to be on a bigger stage where he's the main event. There yeah. every everything is being overshadowed by Cody and uh in uh, Kenny Omega. So I figure Dalton Castle retains and you probably extend that feud out a little bit more. And if you want to make a title switch later, maybe you do it in that manner. But I don't think you just take it off of Don Castle. So you're saying Skrull is beating Osprey? I'm saying it's. 
I, I could see. He said he has to win one. <laughs> so. I feel like, but here's my thing. I feel like he should win one, but I wouldn't be surprised if he lost both. Like I wouldn't be uh, like it wouldn't be heartbreaking that he lost both, but I feel like he should win. He's got two title fights, one junior heavyweight and one heavyweight title fight, seven days apart. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, the winning the first kind of takes some shine off the second, unless he's you know trying to be the belt collector. Like Austin Aries, like Austin, Austin Aries, Aries. Is running, collecting everybody's belts. He's winning, by the way. He at should that be. Show. And that's a great gimmick for Aries. He just won another title on Impact, I believe. He won the heavyweight title. Like he, he's up to five. He's about to be a six here in a second. So that's that's a dope ass gimmick. Um, that's our quick little trip around the Indies and overseas. So let's talk about WWE, your favorite wrestling promotion. Um, we're building up to Mania weekend, Dre. Are you excited? One to ten. How excited are you right now? Hmm. Just for Mania. Oh, NXT just for Mania. Ex- yeah, NXT uh... excluded. Raw okay, like, Mania excluded, just Mania. I'll, it's like a six because I don't miss <laughs> WrestleMania because, like, I've watched, like, I, we talked about this extensively in the group chat. I have never, I haven't missed a WrestleMania in like 30 years. Like, I've, I think I may have missed one when I didn't have, like, pay per view. And I found a way to watch it on tape, VHS later. But I've, I never miss WrestleMania. I never miss them at all. Like, I don't go extended periods of time without watching WWE. People be like, yo, you hate it, but I'm like, yo, I hate love it. Like it's yeah. like it's like somebody you're married to for a long time, and my wife will hear this and be like, What? But <laughs> I was gonna say then, you're you're going in a rude path with this. <laughs> but it's like you wake up and be like, yo, I'm still with you. I hate your guts, but I love you. But like we've been together for so long, but there's some days where I just don't like you. And WWE is like very much like that with me. And right now it's in a place where it's like you could really do right by me, but I'm just waiting for you to fuck this up. Like so I'm excited. And you're because only excited still because New Japan is your side chick. No. Yeah, no. that's exactly what it is. Say what it is, Dre. No. Nah, You've been married to WWE for 30 years, but for the past 10, New Japan is your side chick. And she's doing everything the main isn't doing anymore. She's busting it open. She's cooking you breakfast. <laughs> that's New Japan right now for you. It's okay. That, and that's I'm, why you happy at home. Yeah, well, you might be. <laughs> you might be. But, you know, you the, everyone was upset in 2006. 2008, people couldn't stand wrestling. Yeah, I mean, you, you might come, be. You come back, everybody got a side chick. The Indies is the side chick. Then everyone's very happy now. We get our cake and we get to eat it too. Yeah, so ultimately, like, I look at the WrestleMania card. For one, adding Rusev to the U.S. title ma- match made that so much more interesting. Because now I'm like, yo, I want to see this. I want him but to it, win. Me too. Like, like, late addition and all. Like, if he doesn't yeah. win, I'm going to be upset. But they had they looked at Rusev and like, yo, he's so over and he, like he can't just be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Like exactly. he needs to do something important. You saw the two matches against um, Nakamura. You're like, yo, he's really turning it up. But he's he's always been good. Like Rusev has always been really good at what he does. But anyway, this WrestleMania card is overloaded. I'm looking forward to the fact that you're that that we're going to be watching it, and I won't be wallowing in misery by myself. If that's the case. Yo, by the time Mania starts, we're going to be on hour eight of wrestling. Seven? Maybe. No, it's, it's, yo, there is, <laughs> listen, there is no sport. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. There is no sporting event that's that the day of their biggest event, even Mayweather Pacquiao, nothing is longer than what we're about to experience with WrestleMania next week. Nope. 
Like Mayweather Pacquiao, even like for, for, for most boxing fans who watch the pay-per-view, it's like, oh, I dedicated my three hours. Or UFC fans, you dedicate maybe five hours if you watch the pre Like boxing fans, if you show up early, you're there for like seven hours, right? But even, even that, in comparison to WWE, the pre-show, WWE, the, the WrestleMania stuff, like it's shaping up to be like an eight-hour show. Plus, because we have boxing, we're going to end up watching NXT. Plus, probably on the other TV, we'll be on ROH. This is like a whole full day of wrestling. Like this is longer than a full time job watching wrestling. Word. By the way, I'm bringing groceries over to your crib. Like I've I've made. I'm coming over for breakfast. I still can't you know do any of the carbs. I'm not taking it as a cheat day, even though I want Giordano's pizza. But fuck it, whatever. Um, no cheat day for me. I'm bringing food over. I'm cooking breakfast. We're gonna have the eggs. Uh, I don't know if you guys do the turkey sausage. Whatever. And listen, I'm, I'm gonna just I'm gonna cook it up in the kitchen while we watch wrestling, and then we'll figure out what to order for lunch and dinner. So I shall be chefing it up. I'm gonna be drunk too, so I can't cook lunch or dinner. Yo, it's it's a legit full day. Like I bought, like I've, I've become like a really like people know like I drink Macallan. I'm big on like Jack, and when I, you know I'm on a, like my diet too, so I drink Jack and Diet Coke. But then like, there's not your father's like root beer, cream soda. Like man, I bought a whole case of this shit. Oh, it's bomb. I gotta try that. Man, listen. <laughs> You got if the I'm Hendrix like, on deck, though? I've been on the Hendrix heavy. Yeah, man. I, yeah, of course. I bought it at Costco. I got the big bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You're, you're, you're a man of great taste, but also frugal at the same time. Dog, I go to Costco and buy everything. Like, everything's gigantic at Costco, and I buy everything there. Like, I bought my, but I bought my bottle of McAllen. It was like an $80 bottle for like 40 bucks. But to say that to say this, it's a long day of wrestling. I am looking forward to watching it and experiencing it. I'm not putting my bar too high, so I don't want to be let down. So if I put my bar low where it's easy enough for you know somebody to jump over, maybe I'll be wowed by it. But right now, I'm looking at the card. I'm like, yo, this is a lot of fucking wrestling. I understand where your bar is, but you understand we're going to be upset. By the time. It, it, we did the same thing last year where we had to watch New Japan. No, we had to watch NXT beforehand. And then it was a constant build in NXT, right? So the matches go from good, better, and it, it got to that crescendo point, and then it was like, boom, into the pre-show. And we're like, fuck. <laughs> and we just like really never recovered. And I think the best match last year was what, AJ versus Shane? It was the opener? Yeah, yeah. And then it just never picked back up. So by the time the main event came, we're like, oh, man, fuck this. We were yeah. drunk. We were tired. We're like, yo, did we stay this whole time for this shit. And it's that same thing where it's going to be it's gonna be even worse with ROH on now. Yeah, like it's I mean, a constant, it's we're going to see the best wrestling in our first three hours and then hope for something as good. Like, I mean, I'm really hoping Nakamura and Styles just blows us away. I'm really hoping it gets the time to blow us away. I think it, it, it could, but is it going to really be could. is it going to be better than Kenny and Coda or excuse me, Kenny and um, and Cody? I don't know. I mean, I don't have a huge amount of faith in Cody as in ring, but I mean, fucking Kenny Omega. So that's probably going to be better or equally as good. Um, Gargano, Ciampa, storyline and everything. They have so much to go up against. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's hard. A, it's a lot. Like I said last week, like any of you bastards want to try to spoil this thing for me on my timeline, I'm muting all of you. Like I'm not – dude, I'm not checking anything Saturday night. No. Because I – like even while UFC – because I'm going to have Fight Pass on – even I'm not checking nothing. I'm, I'm just not firing checking. off tweets, not looking at any responses. Yeah. Blind, like yo, it's, I'm shooting blindly into the air. Like I don't care. 
Because I need to watch all this. I can't have anything spoiled. Because NXT, even with that the, the newly added ladder match with Ricochet in there and EC3 and Lars, like, yo. NXT, Adam Cole, that, that's a dream match. Yeah, like, like yo. If, Fucking Damo or Killian Dane, whatever. It, the fact that we this, – this is very telling of how little faith we have in WWE because we would go – Man, this match would never happen in WWE like a year or two ago. And now it's happening in WWE and we're like, how are they gonna fuck this up? Like that's, <laughs> a, that's immediately our first instinct to say, man, how are they gonna like Nakamura and Styles, when they wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom, we were like, damn, that was great. Imagine if they did that shit in WrestleMania. Now they're doing that at WrestleMania, we're like, man, how are they gonna fuck this up? Yeah. That's all we keep thinking. Even though, of. I liked the build last week. It seems like a little bit uh too late. That bait. was good. It, it, like I just wanted them to do this for the past four weeks. Exactly. Like, why do you save it to one week before your your biggest car? But that was great. Knock and the way he's teasing him, and oh man, the the fake Kinshasa into just rubbing his head. Like, I it's it's building. It's just a little the, too late. The charisma of Nakamura is coming out a little too late. This again, it's becoming. Remember, remember last week I said this. I wanted to look eerily reminiscent of Stone Cold versus The Rock at WrestleMania 17. Yeah, and you they, called it, and you're like, just tease the finishers. That's all you got. That's all you got to do. When you have two ba- two ultra white hot baby faces, you have them tease each other because obviously this week Styles is going to tease the flying the phenomenal form of the Styles Clash. But if they could have done this for weeks, if I've Styles been, hits him with a Kinshasa and fucking Corey Graves loses it, amazing. Yeah, there there are better ways to build these matches than they have been. Just I'm hoping that the end ring is better than the storytelling outside of the ring. Yeah, they can't control the storytelling outside the ring. They really can't. They're kind of at the mercy of the agents. Right. In the ring, they control a lot more. And I think we're going to see near falls, finishers, reversals. We're going to see them build on the match they had at New Japan. I hope so. And I can't wait. That's going to be fun as hell. Um, injuries kind of reared their head Mania for Mania. Um, Red Dragon, we have an injury to Bobby Fish. So I don't know. Where the tag team titles will go at this point. Shane McMahon is rumored to be injured. We'll see if he shows. Um, which could change the Daniel Bryan match. We might see Team Hell No. Uh, which I don't need to see Kane. He puts <laughs> he puts a real big damper on that. I, I understand man, I, the nostalgia of it. Look, Shane McMahon is wrestling. The reticulitis, herniated disc, it doesn't matter. He's wrestling. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, the Brock Lesnar will not hold out Shane McMahon. Um, AJ Styles is a little banged up, but he'll be fine. Charlotte, dental surgery. Oscar uh, might ache. Listen, if I was going to fight Oscar, I'll probably get dental surgery first, too. Like, he'll tighten all this shit up. Because she's coming with crazy strikes. Um, I'm interested in that match. Because the build has, once again, it's just been, I look at you, you look at me. We're going to get it on. I wonder how these two women are going to work chemistry-wise. Yeah. Because Charlotte's great, but is she Sasha? And we saw the, the match Sasha and Asuka put on, and that was just for a Raw. So it's like, how do they work? Charlotte's tall. It's a whole different dynamic. It, it has to work different. So I'm interested to see how that match goes, too. Um, let's go real quick, though. Fuck, we just talking about random stuff. Um, many weekend predictions. So not don't go too far into it, but... Match of the weekend, if you had to pick. Thursday through Sunday. Match oh, of the weekend. Um, man, this is tough. I, 
I don't know, man. I, I really have to, <laughs> I have to go through every damn card because I feel like the match of the weekend is going to happen at like WrestleCon or some shit like that. Like somebody's oh, gonna see. No, okay, okay. We can't pick some shit we can't even see though. That's what I'm saying. Like it's maybe J- Joey Janela's Spring Break or like yeah. somebody's. No. When we went to cards. yeah, when we went to um, Dallas, my match of the weekend, I saw Ricochet versus um, man. It was Ricochet versus Zack Saber Jr. And they had like this weird like UK versus US tournament, and that match was incredible. I lost. I also yeah. saw Ricochet versus Osprey. Ricochet Osprey won was in Dallas, and I was like two rows back chilling with Moose. We're losing our fucking mind. Yeah. See, so, so if if we just take ROH, uh, Lucha versus Impact, NXT, um, and WrestleMania. Yeah. I feel like I'm, Justin Ivey, you guys know because he's been on the show before. I figure, I feel like he would have picked some from Impact, like a Pentagon Jr. <laughs> match or something. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like the resident Impact spokesman. Um but I'm gonna say that the match of the weekend, out of all these damn matches, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say, say that Cody turns in the match of a lifetime against Kenny Omega at Supercard Honor, because I think they know what they're up against with Ciampa and Gargano and NXT and Aleister Black, and wait, damn, that could be the match of the weekend. Ooh, Cian Almas and Aleister. Ooh, fuck, man. You know what? Fuck it. The NXT ladder match with the North American title. <laughs> I'm gonna go Gargano Ciampa. And that's kind of that's kind of black and white, and it, it's one of those matches where it's like, is it too good to be true? Like, is the payoff going to be and live up to the hype? The feud has been so good, and, and I think they're going to deliver five star. Dude, WrestleMania weekend is loaded with potentially phenomenal matches. Like Nakamura and AJ Styles could be the match of the weekend. Yeah, like you know, it really could. I don't know about the rest of WrestleMania. I mean, maybe like if Shane McMahon wasn't in the tag match, that could be the match of the weekend. Yeah, or maybe they just murder Shane. It's like, yo, I get my laughs when I see Shane. yo. I'm sorry, it was two weeks ago. But when Kevin Owens power bombed Shane on that whatever that was, and Shane was making those weird noises, yeah. I, yo, son, I giggled my ass off because why, Shane? Why are you taking a bump on that? Like that's like saying, "Hey, man, powerbomb me on a bed of spikes." Like, what's wrong with you? Because that's what Shane does. He 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 stayed away from the business for that long to murder himself every time he shows up. I like it. He's earning that share of the company. Yeah. So, dude, it's a big weekend for wrestling. I I I really don't know. I'm just looking forward to at least one of them being a five star match. <laughs> oh yeah, we're getting one. Um, breakout star of the weekend. So obviously, maybe someone who who just shows up and steals the show. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the worst at this game. Right. <laughs> Remind me to I, never play Taboo or any other fun games with you. I'm just saying. Who's just throw it out star? there. Breakout star of the weekend. My breakout star of the weekend is Marty Skrull. I think it was about. Think we see huh. villain on top. I don't know. Is that a breakout? Like he's already like a big star. No, but I mean he's not one of the. He's not Kenny versus Coda. Or Kenny <sighs> versus Cody. What are you doing? I know you keep um, saying. Yeah, but it's um, – I think he's really propels himself to that. There's still another level. Like he's yo, yo, still in the mid-tier of the Bullet Club. There's a what is, level to this shit. I haven't even looked, but what is Keith Lee and Walter doing that weekend? Oh, shit. That's a good question. <laughs> like I feel like Walter could be the guy that everybody leaves WrestleMania weekend like, yo, this Walter guy? Because not enough people have seen Walter wrestle. No, and he's been around forever. If rumors are true that Keith Lee and Walter are the next two NXT signings, they've lost their damn mind. I don't want them to go. Uh, Keith Lee said he's not going, but 
Yeah, I mean, everyone says that shit. Yeah, I know. I just, but I, I hope he's right. Like, till Papa Paul Levesque comes a knock it, puts mm-hmm. that contract under your face. Again, too many guys. Anyway, we're not having it. We're not going down that rabbit hole again. But uh, I'm assuming Walter's in the Evolve cards. I would think so. Like, I think that might be the, the breakout star of the weekend. That might be the guy that people are like, oh, I'm going to go to an indie show and see these guys wrestle I've never seen before, and everybody leaves talking about either Walter or Keith Lee. Yeah. Uh, Matt Riddle is definitely one of mine, too. Uh, he was in consideration. Cause does he have his own card? Like some weird backyard yeah, brawl type shit? Yeah, he has some Thursday card. Yeah, like I feel like people will leave that and be like, yo. It's really weird because, like, WrestleMania, like, me not going to WrestleMania, I was, at first, I was like, man, this, I'm not going to WrestleMania. Then I was like, I don't care. I'm not going to WrestleMania. As it gets a little closer, I don't really care as much about going to WrestleMania as seeing some of these other cards. Like, that's what I, I really That's what I miss, yeah, the, the, the smaller shows. Because, damn, we're going to, like, two or three a day. They have yeah. the midnight cards now. Yeah, I can't do that. Wrestle Georgia, Circus was, or some shit? Yeah, they're at like midnight. And I'm like, yo, yeah. I got to draw the line somewhere. I love wrestling, but God damn. Midnight to 3 a.m., Dre. We could have we got it. Wake up the next day at like 9 for access? <sighs> can't do it. Too much. <laughs> Living like young men around here. We're going to turn the hands back. Bring you back to your old South by Southwest days. Don't act like you slept back then. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's another story. Ooh, <laughs> take you back in the day. Um, all right, before we get out of here, though, this is something we put together every year. It takes some damn time, but uh, we do it every year, so we got to do it this year before we get off the show. Rebooking Mania. Last year, we had seven matches. This year, I couldn't even narrow it down to seven matches. We have to do nine matches. So if we could book nine matches with the current crop of talent, just main roster, what should the matches have been? So... um we're going to start with the two pre-show matches. And to preface this, we have every title um, outside of the Cruiserweight title. I didn't even count that shit. I didn't even put it on me. Um, so we have both tags, both women's, the two mid-card titles and the two main titles. And then one non-title match. So it could be anything else that we want on the card. If we had to book it however we want. So... Um, Let's go through. I'm booking mine as though the champions are still the champions, by the way. So, not shifting belts around. Uh, Pre-show, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. uh, No, excuse me, Raw Tag Team Championships. Because I can't do the Usos to grind me again. So, I would have the... I'd have the club versus the bar. As my Raw... Straight up, Raw Tag Team Championship match... And I would have the club win. Okay. That's my, my first joint. Um, second, I would put the U.S. title match there. Um, Randy Orton is the champion, so Randy Orton would have to be in that whack-ass match. But I would make it the six-man ladder match that they've had in years past. So it'd be SmackDown, but I'd have all the current participants, Dolph Ziggler and... There was one other person that I wanted to have in there. Um, oh, and Ty Dillinger. <laughs> Damn, forgot about him. Yeah, don't, don't do it. Like Ty Dillinger has to be somewhere on my card. I'm a mark for the perfect 10. Um, so he'd be in that match. So that'd be a six-man ladder match. That'd be the pre-show closer. And then Raw Women's match, I would have Sasha versus Bailey versus Nia versus... Alexa Bliss, it'd be a four-way match because um, there'd be no battle royals in my 
in my booking. So those four would go at it, followed by a SmackDown women's match. I'll keep it exactly the same. IC title match. Um, I like the booking on this, so I would also keep that the same. Uh, you know what? Yeah, because Seth is in it. Fuck it, right? So Seth has to do that. U.S. I did the U.S. already. Heavyweight title match. Uh, I like this a lot, but I would have it a triple threat with Kevin Owens. So it'd be Nakamura, Styles, and Owens in the match. Um, toward you know, just just all going at it. Maybe a no DQ stipulation. I think that'd be one hell of a match. Universal title match. Brock Lesnar is the champion, so his big ass would have to be in it. Uh, I would go Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, because that's just the, the way it trends. And I put John Cena in that match. Uh, I think those three, if you, if you want to go with the star power and Vince McMahon wet dream of it, I think that would be a good match. And then non-title match, which is odd, and I really had to think about this. And it's going to sound stupid and hokey, but I like stupid and hokey sometimes. And, and you need that on your card. Uh, I would bring back Taker, but I would have Taker versus Woken Matt Hardy buried alive match on the Hardy compound. All right. Um, That's my mania <laughs> card. I'm, I, I'm not, there's no word to this. I'm, I'm doing this on the fly. So I don't know the order of these matches, but here it is. Your main event would be AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. Your co-main event for the Universal title would be Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. Oh, okay. shit, I forgot Strowman. <laughs> because Braun Strowman should be fighting for the title, and he should have never wrestled Brock any other time. you damn right. Uh, your IC title would be The Miz versus Daniel Bryan, because that feud is built and has so much fire in it, and it only makes sense. Um, your U.S. title? Oh, boy. I didn't even put Dino Bryan on my show. I forgot that he's cleared. It's God, all you bad. Disrespect, you disrespected the God. All um, bad. I, the U.S. title, I'll come back to that, because I just can't get over the fact that Randy Orton's a champ. Um, <laughs> my match that would I be... should have threw Sami Zayn in that six-man ladder match, too. Um, my match that would be a non-title match would be John Cena versus Roman Reigns, because they should have done this at WrestleMania instead of doing this with some bullshit pay-per-view. Um, who else? Who else am I missing? That's fair. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm taking the title off of Randy Orton. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> you can't book it. Because <laughs> it makes no damn it. sense, man. It makes no damn sense. It would be a ladder match with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Bobby Roode. Um... And then we're going to mix it up because we're going to also throw Seth Rollins in there as well with Finn Balor for the U.S. title in a ladder match. Might yeah, I know. People are like, yo, you're just throwing people in anywhere. Yeah, yes, I am. Throw, throw a six-person somewhere in there. Might as well. Give like, it the traditional choice. I'm keeping Oscar versus Charlotte. I was tempted to do Oscar versus Sasha, but I feel like we'll get that anyway. Uh, Oscar versus Charlotte makes a ton of sense. The tag match, I probably wouldn't. In some other way, I would prefer, because there are so many matches on the card, like if Cesaro and Sheamus are your champs, and let's just say, I, I know the, the, the Usos are getting done dirty, but I'm doing them dirty again. Like, Cesaro and Sheamus are the champions, and the Bludgeon Brothers took the titles off of the Usos, and the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Bar. 
will be your pre-show. There you go. There's your pre-show match at WrestleMania. Okay. Um, like champs versus champs. To, yeah. com- to combine one match to give you space yeah. for another one. To give me some room, please. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not a bad way to go. I don't know who I'm missing. Uh, I don't care. Like Ronda Rousey, Triple H. Yeah, Ronda is not on there. Keeping um, them off the card. I'd have Ronda just do a celeb spot. Um, Elias, by the way, gets my celeb. I'm taking an ass whooping by the old timers. So Elias does get his spot. He doesn't get a match, but he comes out. He cuts one hell of a promo with a song on the guitar and takes a Stone Cold Stunner or something wild. I don't know. You picked a, You picked the guy. <laughs> You, you know what I'm going to pick? I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. I don't think it's going to happen, but I wonder how the crowd will react. Elias is playing his guitar, and Hulk Hogan comes and murders him. Oh, shit. Um, the, ra- the racist comes and... Like, cause if Elias has enough heat and Hulk Hogan comes back, the crowd's going to pop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they're going to pop for him anyway. They probably will. They'll be like, you're a racist, but so is Vince. So we can get over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. I don't. I don't even know what else I'm missing. But. I think that's everyone. I mean, there's once again, it shows you how much talent they have. You know what? And how for the squandered it, it is for the fun of it all. And I think you had a random match to open. Let, let me let me pull Finn Balor out of that U.S. title match, and let me let me one up you on your Woken Matt Hardy. So we have the Woken Matt Hardy versus the Demon versus the Dead Man versus Bray Wyatt on the Hardy Compound. <laughs> It gotta be on a pre-show because <laughs> we need an hour for that. Like no time limits. Yeah, so we just have like the mystical magical match with some just ultra weird shit, um, and then like the boogeyman shows up or some shit. <laughs> it's just, a total gimmick match. Yeah, but, there's no wrong with that. And then uh, Raw Women's Title is the only one you didn't do. Oh no, did you say Sasha? Oh yeah, yeah. You know Raw Women's Title be Sasha versus Bailey. Yeah, like, I, I get they're doing what they're doing with Alexa and Nia, and it's a storyline that makes sense to me, but. The Raw Women's title should be Sasha versus Bailey, and redoing that, that whole. That might have stolen the show. Yeah, that that's that's a big match, especially with that was Sasha that, Bailey three for the yeah. women's title. That shit might have stolen the show. That would have been smart booking, but you know, you know, you, you know, this is it's how they rock. Um, all right, so we booked everything out. That is our pre pre Mania show, um, man, and now comes the hard part, and that's next week and getting all this information into one show next week. So, we enjoyed you guys talking today. Hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Can't wait until we talk to you next week. If you have stuff that you want us to answer, uh, booking stuff, anything you want us to talk about next week's show, make sure you tweet us on social media. Me, at Kel Dansby, him, at Andres Hill, or the show at The Corner LSN on all platforms. Let us know what you guys want us to talk about, because it's going to be a long-ass show anyway. Might as well give you guys what you want to listen to. Um, outside of that, though, damn. So our show for today came a little bit later in the week. Hope you guys enjoy. Relax this weekend because there's a shit ton of stuff for next weekend. And uh, listen, man, I might I might go full old man Andres. I might go to brunch. I might get a pedicure and shit. I might just just full spa day, eucalyptus wrap. Just make sure I'm well rested for next week because it's going down. Um, outside of that, Dre, we're out. Peace. Oh, 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.